Good morning. It's such a blessing to be with you this morning. And I realized this week how often we use the word blessing. Okay, probably one of the most common ways that we use it is when we hear someone sneeze, right? When someone sneezes these days in the uh, era of masks, we say, ooh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> but apart from that, when someone sneezes, what do we say? God bless you or bless you. That goes way back to the 8th century during, during uh, one of the plagues in Pope Gregory. Uh, who, they saw a sneeze as the onset, perhaps, of, uh, of, the, uh, uh, of the plague. And so he encouraged uh, his people to, to bless one another. And I don't know if that's why we do it. It's just become so much a part of our culture. I was reading an article from the New York Times written last year. And, and uh, this uh, author had said, why do we say God bless you? And, uh, and it, 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 she shared that in that moment, we have an opportunity to make connection with someone we might not even know and extend an act of kindness. And, and so when someone says, God bless you, and you say thank you, something, a connection has been made that's positive. Well, this morning, we are going to take a look at a part of Joseph's story. How many of you have found Joseph's story to be encouraging during these uh, turbulent times that we've been living in? Okay, well, I have. <laughs> I have. I have found myself benefiting much from seeing my life in light of, of God's faithfulness uh, during uh, the, the time that he revealed himself through Joseph's story. This morning, we're going to focus on just uh, um, uh, the first 12 verses of chapter 47. We're getting towards the end. We're going to wrap this up next Sunday. But um, we're going to take a look at the first 12 verses of chapter 47. And in doing that, there was something that struck me this week. And that is that standing in the presence of the most powerful man on the planet, Pharaoh himself, Joseph's 130-year-old shriveled dad takes it upon himself to bless Pharaoh. In fact, he blessed him twice. What did this old man have to offer Pharaoh? We're going to think about the power of a blessing today. We're also going to take a look at how Pharaoh blessed Jacob and his sons. But we're going to look at why that blessing came to them. I found that to be an incredibly encouraging and reassuring reminder of how and why God blesses a sinner like me. So I hope you're encouraged. Jerry and I had gone to high school together. And 10 years later, I found myself uh, as a rookie pastor in Moorhead. And sure enough, Jerry was now part of my congregation. Jerry was a big guy in high school. He was a bigger guy 10 years later. And I remembered him for his hearty laugh. Um, one Sunday after church, on a summer day like today, uh, Jerry met me in the hall outside my office after the services, and he wasn't laughing. In fact, he looked concerned, kind of distressed, like something was wrong. He wasn't angry. He was upset, though. He asked me, Jeff, are we changing the service? <laughs> I said, not that I know of, Jerry. What's wrong? He said, you forgot to do it at the end. You didn't give us the blessing. 
So I wanted to know if that's the way it's going to be from now on. And I just wanted to tell you that I hope it's not. He didn't give us a blessing. And, and that's really important to me. I receive that. And I take it with me into the week. And you forgot. <laughs> so I told Jerry I was sorry. And that I appreciated him telling me. And that I'll do my best not to forget about it again. He said, quite seriously, good. <laughs> so I asked him if I could give him a blessing right there in the hallway. He said, sure. So I reached up and put my hands on his big shoulders. And I said, Jerry, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. He said, thank you. And he gave me a big Jer Bear hug. And he headed for home. It was one of those moments that I was reminded that God is at work at times through us in ways that we don't fully understand. Jerry was not eager for my blessing. He was eager for his Heavenly Father's blessing. And this is one of the wonders and privileges of being a child of God. We are receivers of God's blessing as well as extenders of God's blessing. This last week, we've seen the drama unfold in this story as Joseph's brothers, who earlier, of course, had, had uh, sold him uh, and, and, he, and he had lived as a slave in Egypt uh, for uh, 13 years, either as a slave or a prisoner, as God was with him in, in that time. And of course, Joseph then, by God's providential intervention, uh, was, was uh, transformed from a prisoner to a, to a prime minister of the land of Egypt through God's um, uh, will and God's plan. And, and so now he is, he is thriving and he is being a blessing to Egypt and more than a blessing to Egypt, he's being a blessing to the nation surrounding Egypt as God had given him the privilege of being kind of the administrator of God's blessing in a time of tremendous famine. Uh, Joseph was administering the abundance that, that he, had, he had overseen as, as the land of Egypt became really a storehouse to the nations. And, and among those who, who uh, had come to, to, to Egypt for virtually survival was Joseph's family. And, and boy, we went through the tension, didn't we, when Joseph's brothers, who had, who had uh, basically left him for dead and sold him as a slave, were face-to-face were -face with their brother. Well, this part of the story, and we're getting towards the end, is not so much Joseph-centric, although his role is going to be really important today. It has to do with his father, one of the patriarchs. His father, Jacob. And just so we don't forget, Jacob plays a critical role in God bringing us salvation. When God uh, chose to bring us salvation... He called first Abraham uh, out, of his, out of his life and, and a comfortable life and, and called him to go to a place that God would show him and he promised to not only bless him but to make of him a great nation and through his seed all the nations of the world would be blessed. So this is just God and this wandering Abraham at this point but God is doing something that would affect us this morning sitting in this room. The same promise that was given to Abraham was given to Isaac 
<laughs> and Jacob comes along, it's kind of interesting because Jacob ends up wrestling with God, or at least a, an, an angel representing God, and, and, and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so Jacob, too, was blessed. By the way, none of these live, men live perfect lives. I was visiting with uh, one of our pastors at the East Campus, Pastor Chris, this morning. He said, Jeff, I was just blessed today. Just recently I read of, uh, of someone who reminded me that when God called me, when he called you into his family, he did that with full awareness of our sins. He did that with full awareness of our shortcomings. He did that with full awareness with our flaws and our weaknesses. He knew that when he called us. He knew that when he called Abraham. He knew that when he called Isaac. And he knew that when he called Jacob. And for each of us that have been called into God's blessing through the work of Jesus, he knew that about us too. Anyway, last week, Pastor Tony brought to life that moment as Jacob, who had lived with so much discouragement, we're going we're gonna to kind of get that as he describes his life today, as he had lived with so much discouragement and he's on the way to Egypt uh, 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 to, to meet his son Joseph, but his heart still seems to be heavy. And, and as Pastor Tony read last week, God appeared to him and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am. I am the God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt for I will make you into a great nation. I will go down to Egypt with you and I will surely bring you back again and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. And so we're going to see today as, as, as scriptures it's like a cycle of this. God promising and keeping his promise. God promising and keeping his promise. We're going to see that God did go to Egypt with Jacob. And God was with Jacob. And we again see here uh, just, a, just a glimpse, just a glimpse of, of, of what God had in store through Jacob in his encounter with, um, with Pharaoh. So this morning, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump back into the story. If you have your Bibles in, in Genesis chapter 47, we're just going to read the first 12 verses in Jesus' name. Joseph went and told Pharaoh, My father and brothers with their flocks and herds and everything they own have come from the land of Canaan and are now in Goshen. He chose five of his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? Your servants are shepherds, they replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, we've come to live here for a while because the famine is severe in Canaan and your servants' flocks have no pasture. Now please, let your servants settle in Goshen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and brothers have come to you and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob in and presented him before Pharaoh. After Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, How old are you? <laughs> and Jacob said to Pharaoh, The years of my pilgrimage are 130. My years have been few and difficult. And they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my fathers. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. 
So Joseph settled his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them property in the best part of the land in the district of Ramses, as Pharaoh directed. Joseph also provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food according to the number of their children. So we're just going to break this into two parts. We're going to take a look at the first six verses where we see the encouraging um, way that, that, that these brothers are blessed by Pharaoh because of their relationship with Joseph. And then we are going to see in the second um, part of this, in, in verses 17, or 7 through 12, how God uses uh, Jacob uh, to be a blessing to uh, Pharaoh as God would use his people to be a blessing to the nations. So, um, so this morning, I've lost my place in my notes, so just be with me. Bear with me just a second here. We, 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 we have to consider for a moment the irony of, of, of Joseph's brothers in the presence of Pharaoh. There could, be no, there could be no more disparate group of people. Pharaoh and his clean, golden, fine linen, marble, beautiful, opulent presence. And these wandering shepherds standing before him. What business do these guys have standing in the presence of Pharaoh seeking his blessing? Do you remember what, uh, what happened when, when, when Joseph's brothers first came down? Joseph threw a big feast for them. And what happened? We are told this is the seating order. Like when you go in for a wedding, they tell you where to sit. The, um, Joseph was by himself. The Egyptians or his brothers were by themselves. And the other Egyptians were by themselves. Why was it separated that way? We're told because Egyptians will not eat with Hebrews because they despise them. <laughs> they won't eat with them. Okay? And now, as, as we get closer to this moment, Joseph coaches his brothers. He says, I think Pharaoh's going to let you live in Goshen. And this is why. Because you guys are shepherds. <laughs> and shepherds are despised. They're despicable to Egyptians. Egyptians want no part of shepherds. So here we have these uh, despicable Hebrew shepherds standing in front of Pharaoh asking if they can live not only in his land, but in the best part of his land. What is up with this? This makes no sense except for the presence of another. And you know where I'm going with this, right? Joseph is in that picture. What is Joseph's relationship with the Pharaoh? Pharaoh respects him. Pharaoh honors him. Pharaoh understands that that Joseph had been a blessing. Pharaoh saw God at work in Joseph's life. We see something beautiful about Joseph's leadership here, his humility. He's in charge of the whole land of Egypt, but he is not going to bless his brothers with the land of Goshen without Pharaoh's blessing. We see him submitting himself to Pharaoh and Pharaoh honoring that submission. 
But, is, but, but not only is it that Joseph has this relationship with Pharaoh, in spite of all they had done to him, in spite of their past, Joseph is not ashamed to call these guys, these Hebrew shepherds, his what? His brothers. He's standing with his brothers in the presence of Pharaoh. You take Joseph out of the picture, this <laughs> this scenario makes no sense at all. The only way this scenario makes sense is because Joseph is in the picture. We understand that because after Pharaoh says, like, maybe that's it's the first thing people probably ask, when, especially guys when they meet. I think uh, maybe not all the time, but women are a little more sensitive to the real things that matter in life, relationships. The first thing they ask isn't, so what do you do? I mean, that's kind of what guys do, right? It's kind of interesting. Um, I, I live on Village Green Golf Course, and every once in a while we'll pick up with a, another foursome. And it's kind of interesting when we get to that part of the round when they'll say, hey, so like, what do you do? <laughs> and I'll say, well, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and depending on their, um, shall I say, vocabulary before that moment... <laughs> Sometimes it can be a little awkward. So, uh, so I, number of times I've heard this. Hey, Joey, watch your mouth. We're with the reverend. You know. So sometimes, if if we share our occupation, the reaction may be different. When they shared their occupation, we're shepherds. That was not impressive to Pharaoh. But Joseph was not ashamed to call these guys his brothers. Joseph was not ashamed to go before Pharaoh and seek his blessing, that he might bless them really on his behalf. It doesn't take big stretch to connect the dots here between this picture of Joseph interceding for his brothers in the presence of the king. When I think of if I were to stand for God, just as I am, with my past, oh, there were some good parts of my past. My past isn't all good. <laughs> there are things in my life that I'm grateful for. There are things in my life I wish I could do over. And I know how God feels about things like my selfishness, greed, desire to go my own way, lust, doubt, little idols in my life that for times become more important than God himself. I know how God feels about all those things. Why would I think that I could stand in the presence of the king of the universe, a holy God, and seek his blessing? Well, it would make no sense except for one who stands in, my pre in, in God's presence with me. The one who, when, when he was here, lived with no doubt of the king's blessing, his father, who before he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil as he began his, his ministry, would, would hear from heaven itself, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And the one who the book of Hebrews says, the one who is holy and, the, and those who are made holy are of the same family. He's not ashamed to call us his brothers. I know that the, that the New Testament never quotes this moment as a picture of Jesus, but I'm sorry, I can't help it. Maybe you can't either. 
But we know about Jesus. We know about how God brings redemption. So I think it's okay that as we read the story of Joseph, we see Jesus all over the place. Is this a perfect picture of Jesus in his relationship with us? No, but I think it's a helpful picture. It helped me to think that when I, when I stand before the king and, and seek his blessing, I have one who is in that picture with me, who is not only acceptable but dearly loved by the king, and he's not ashamed to call you his sister or me his brother. All right, so we see this in this first uh, part of this uh, moment as Pharaoh blesses Joseph's brothers uh, really because of another. The second thing we see here is, and, and we'll just take a couple minutes as we wrap this up, is, is uh, this encounter between Pharaoh and Jacob. In the eyes of the world, there would be no one more impressive and, and significant than Pharaoh himself. And here, here we have this this 130-year-old man standing in Pharaoh's presence, taking upon himself to bless Pharaoh. You see, what the world sees and what we understand from God's revelation are often very different things. Pharaoh respected this old man because he was Joseph's dad. Okay? Little did he know that this old man was part of of the king of the universe's plan to bring us salvation. And this old man, when he said, bless you, he had no idea what that would mean. That, 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 that throughout history, God would be called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and this old man, Jacob. And God in his mercy was not only concerned about Jacob's family having food, but Jacob stood in God's presence and blessed Pharaoh himself. This is the beginning of what God had said would happen through Abraham's descendants. He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and through you I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. And so there is Jacob blessing Pharaoh, standing in his presence. He describes his life in an, in an interesting way. As Pharaoh says, how old are you? <laughs> says, I'm 130. And they've been hard years, difficult years. We don't think of a hard, difficult life as a blessed life. Maybe some of you here need to, to be reminded of that, that. That though your life has had its hardness and its difficulty, that does not mean that God doesn't love you, that he has not blessed you. Maybe from the eyes of the world, not in a Pharaoh kind of blessing, but in a Jacob kind of blessing, he has called you, you are his own. Jacob saw himself as a, as a pilgrim. Do you see yourself as a pilgrim? That the, that, the, that the blessings your heart yearned for are not happening yet, but you understand that one day no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, no one has begun to comprehend what God has prepared for those that love him. Jacob was looking for the promise that God would fulfill. Are you? Or are you expecting the journey now while you're a pilgrim to satisfy every desire of your heart? Oh, people, the best is yet to come. Friday was my mom's birthday, so Kathy and I went down and, and called on, on the phone, and she picked up, and she looked through the window, and we go, hi, Mom, and she waves from inside her assisted living apartment. That was our birthday party. 
Window visit with mom. It's funny because she's getting a little confused. She said, okay, it's my birthday, so don't you guys plan anything big. I said, okay, mom, we won't. So we did a window visit. Anyway, and as we were talking, and life is hard for her now, but then she smiled and says, but you know what? Because we were talking about when this COVID thing's over. She said, by the time this thing is over, I might be in a place that the rest of you wish you were. <laughs> That's the blessing that we have as God's people. We have something waiting for us that we can't imagine. In the meantime, we can know that we are loved, that we are blessed in spite of our sin. God knew about that when he called us. But he has chosen to deal with us according to the relationship he has with another. He loves his son. And his son stands with us. In fact, he loves us so much that he sent his son that he might extend his blessing to people like you and me. Let us pray. Father, this morning we're grateful for this moment in your revealing yourself to us. <laughs> we thank you that there are things going on that the world, it won't be on CNN or Fox or wherever, but the angels are watching and they still marvel at how you're bringing salvation to, to broken people needing healing, to sinners needing redemption. And it's through your promises. It's through what you've done. And we know today, as Paul said, um, that we receive the blessings of heaven in Christ Jesus. So I thank you this morning for your desire to bless. We know that when you created Adam and Eve, you blessed them. When Noah worshipped you after being saved through the flood, you blessed him. You called Abraham, you blessed him. And you called Isaac, you blessed him. You called Jacob, you blessed him. You are the giver of life. Every good and perfect thing comes from your hand. And there are times when we don't feel worthy of those blessings because, frankly, we aren't. <laughs> but you have made us worthy because there's one who stands with us, your son. And so we bless your name. We praise your name. We thank you. And may we see ourselves as unlikely vessels carrying your blessing in a broken world. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.